What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast from the other side of the fucking world down under. Um, I've got Michael Sears. Do you prefer Mike or Michael? Yeah, Michael. Michael, okay. Michael Sears, and uh, you are the founder of HGG, right? HGG Performance, otherwise known as the Home Gym Guys, all right? And I... You guys are equipment manufacturers out of Australia, and you kind of really popped on the scene with your a lot of the stuff that like Ben Patrick was doing, and you guys were making really cool accessible equipment for that. The Nordic Bar, which otherwise is hella expensive to buy from Rogue, right? You guys have an amazing. I I I own multiple of your guys' products. Uh, The Nordic Bar attachment for the for the rig, which is incredible. I love that. The tib bar, the you know two legged, the ISO tib bar, the single leg. You guys just released that forearm axe. You guys have got a ton of cool, very niche equipment, and um, I was a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of your stuff. I was actually just out hanging out with Marcus Philly, um, out of his compound out in California. He's got a lot of your shit as well. Talk to me, Mike. How how did you get into the equipment game? And you just kind of give me the you know the the overview is how we got from you know are you a are you a are you a, a metal manufacturer by trade? Like how did you get here? Yeah, like like I got into it um, like before like um, like as a you know as a kid I done my apprenticeship as a like a heavy metal fabricator. So like I used to work like. In, like in Australia here, the mines and stuff like that is quite like a big, you know, uh, high paying jobs and stuff like that. So when, you know, coming from the country, that that's sort of the path that a lot of us like went down, like we always sort of went down there. And then um, like I've always trained CrossFit and always trained like, you know, played, played rugby league and, you know, played, you know, like as high level sport as I could. And then, um, you know, like through that time of, um you know, being a kid going through that, working in the mines, I actually left Australia for about four years and moved overseas for a while. And when I came back, I didn't really want to go into that trade again. So that's, I I moved into um, the strength conditioning and personal training world. And then um, I did that for about another three years. And then through the, through the networks that I had, I just started making a bit of gym gear for myself. And then, um, I thought to myself, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe this could be something, the two, you know, the two passions connecting. And then I started a little, like, equipment business. It didn't really, like, move. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, it was more of a hobby than anything. And then um, and then COVID pops up and then next minute, um, like, next minute the whole of Australia got sold out of equipment and we sort of found a gap in the market where, um you know we you know for a lot of us we realized that most of the companies here in australia that were selling equipment were all um say like china based like buy-in then just resell um companies and so all of those guys sold out and they had no they had no gear and so that's when like it's the same what it would have happened over in america as well everyone just like the prices and everything went up and we found, a, we found a little niche where we were like, okay, well, let's start like making some gear. And so just out of my garage, we started making like making squat racks and all, all different accessories. And I started designing things. And then, you know, from there, it just really snowballed from like local to, you know, state and then national. And then yeah. how were you able to get a hold? Because everyone was so supply chain starved. How were you guys able to get a hold of the raw materials? Or were you just sitting on a bunch of it previously? No, we like the funny, the funniest story about the whole lot is like we, my wife and I were away on a couple of days holiday. And when COVID, when COVID hit here in Australia, like I don't know if you guys were aware of how bad it got in Australia, but like where we live, is right in two state borders. And what had happened is they shut the state borders that were literally running through the middle of us, through the middle of a town, like right through the middle of a town. And so everyone was just like completely locked down. And we got locked on there. Um, like where, where we're from, like we're in say Queensland, which is the, you know, the Northern state. 
And we had just moved over into New South Wales, which is literally, you know, 20 minutes from where we were. And then when that got completely locked down, I just sourced a couple of people like um, that were in that local area. And when we were away, I had an ad on Gumtree and Marketplace and then it started blowing up um, when the whole gym, like when everything got shut down. Anyway, people were like, oh, can we get this? Can we get that? I actually only had a supplier, but I didn't have any raw materials or anything like that. But I was like, well, we need to get this thing off the ground. So I just started saying yes, started taking people's money and going like, yep, let's do this. And then I just had like, say, five or six people that had already paid me for gear. Then I used that money to then go to the, my, my supplier, like one of the suppliers yeah. down there. And I said, can you just cut me? And I just sent him a heap of cut lengths of different things. And then he was like, okay, sweet. Because he had a bunch like, it wasn't too bad for the local guys um, for what we were doing at that time. Like it wasn't a lot, like it wasn't like we were doing, you know, thousands of rigs or anything like that at that point. Like I'm talking, you know, we were, we were knocking out, you know, maybe five, six squat racks. A Is week it still cost effective? Cause isn't that like in manufacturing, my understanding, I've never, I've never been a product based entrepreneur, but the, when you're doing, especially raw materials, especially during COVID and you're doing five or six here, 10 or so here, the cost of your materials, is it significantly higher than when you go to one of these fab shops and you're like, bro, give me fucking a football field's length versus sheet metal, right? And you buy in bulk. Yeah. Is it, does yeah. it really, does that mess with your margins when you're. It definitely, yeah, it definitely was for a while. Like, it, it, and, and I didn't realize because that, like everything happened so fast. You got to think like like every like we were just saying we were just going boom 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 and we had so much churning in and out work that we do, we weren't really like thinking about how much money was we were just trying to get as much gear out to the marketplace as possible we were just like at that point we just started what we called was like I was it was just me in the garage so we called me the home gym guy yeah and then that's where that's where it starts so we we're like let's just get that name out there and so we were just trying to get as much out there but we didn't so, you know. After after like a couple of weeks, couple of months, when we started like looking at other suppliers, we were like, oh, actually, this guy's actually really expensive. Maybe we need to go over here. And then we, you know, it took us a few months to actually get our feet off the ground to go like, hang on a minute, actually, no, we need to start like thinking about this properly because this is actually going to be a business that looks like it's going to be quite lucrative. Um, so for for a while, like we had to find the right suppliers and um, and try to like you know, price beat, price match and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that we um, we still have now is still that like supply chain issue. But, you know, at that time, you know, we didn't we didn't have the money to like when we started HGG, like me and my wife were pretty well broke. You know, like we we only had both of our we both had little bit online businesses and stuff like that. But we weren't doing like we we're just you know, just normal, you know, so we didn't have a lot of, we, we didn't have cash to go, well, actually, maybe we might like bulk buy this to save. Like we just had to Got just, it. You, know, you, you had to buy them. Well, I mean, you do. So in the United States, the um, contractors, right? General contractors, people build buildings or homes. They're always doing that. They're what we are robbing Peter to pay Paul. They don't have yeah. the funds to go buy the raw materials. Correct. They need to get money up front from the customer, use Correct. that money to go hire the subs, buy the raws. So they're always in, they're always a pay cycle behind essentially as Correct. far as that goes. Cause your, your, your revenue, all of it, a hundred percent of it goes to buying supplies and now yeah. you're like well i didn't take out money for taxes i didn't take out money for myself i literally <laughs> used the entire fucking lot to keep this thing yeah. going and that's like the ultimate bootstrap kind of kind of model as far as that goes now Correct. the home gym guys or home gym guy like that's a great fucking like for COVID, that's a great brand name right your fucking mustache yeah. is iconic the branding you put on all the equipment with the little mustache on it is fucking great yeah. and you my question to you is this if you looked at the market you go okay rogue fitness has the market Alikio has the market. Fucking Sorenex has the market. I need to create something that's going to fit a three by three rig, right? Or at least the two by two. You like when you were doing this, were you like, I need it to fit no matter what rig anybody has. And is that where you guys came up with a very, and again, I don't mean this in an insulting way. It's a very elementary way to attach the fucking item to the rig, right? It's, it's universal, but it works. It works so well. I mean, like I've never once doing a Nordic curl off the rig and I do it off a rogue rig at the gym I go to with your product. 
I've never once for a second thought it was going to slip or I was going to lose balance or it was going to shake or not be sturdy. I felt yeah. like it's rock solid, but it's, I mean, yeah. it's such a simple application. What, what, what do we call that? It just the twisty fucking, what do you call just that? A, just, we just call it the clamp. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. Just, yeah. Like, like a clamp. Well, well, from, from me, like when I, when I design things, like a lot of the things when I'm designing, I, I want to hit, I, I call I call it like a, the CD method, like like a CD you can have and you and everyone can buy. It, you know what I mean? Someone can buy that CD and they can. Everyone's got like, I, I I wanted to be able to create gear that anyone could buy and then utilize it with anything. So like when we when we were designing the clamping mechanism, um, I was working with Ben Patrick, and so like back before he was like the knees over toes guy with a million followers. Like, you know, this is back when he was still in his garage and, and in the backyard and stuff like that. He was using like the road benches and stuff like that. And, um, and when I was looking I was like, so the guy, you would have seen the slam ball guy. Yeah. So the slam ball guy is a good friend of mine. He was here like a couple of days ago. His warehouse is only just down the road. We've been mates before slam ball guy and HGG. And, it's um, a funny little industry. You know who just came and visited me? Isaac Lewis over at Anchor. Oh, Anchor. Yeah. So Isaac, so Isaac, I, I've met Isaac multiple times. He came and worked out with me here in Charlotte. Yeah, you know, I've got, I've got his units. I love his product. And he was like, bro, I know Michael over there. I've talked with him. We've like, we've engaged. It's been so cool to watch some of you smaller equipment guys kind of grow up in like this, this graduating class that came through COVID. It's, it's basically like we're all that like it's it's funny because like between us um animal house the monkey feet, yep. um, monkey feet yep. like and and slam ball guy and uh anchor like there's a few there's a few of these niche little companies and we're all friends now which is cool and um but we've but we've all grown with each other at the same time you know like the, and that's i, I I'm like a massive supporter of anyone who has a good product who, you know, is like, fuck it, I'm going to go for this. And if they've yeah. got like a good little product, then like we'll support the shit out of them for like a million, a million times out of, out of 10, you know, like we will. Um, and that's what I was saying with the, with the slant pool guy, he was, he'd already started like integrating his gear into Ben Patrick's um, stuff. And he was, he was sending boards all over the world. And I was thinking to myself, at this stage, we were doing like fit out, like we were doing big gym fit outs and, and things like that, like still from the garage, mind you. Like we were, we were still doing all that from a double bay garage. Um, and I was just, I was borderline. Are you talking obsessed. commercial gyms or like people's garage yeah. gyms? Yeah, okay. commercial both. Like even we during doing, COVID? Yeah, even doing, like, because there was certain parts. So Queensland, so, so out of the two out of the two areas that were the most, like so New South Wales was one of the worst affected complete lockdown most of the time. Right across the border, there was barely anything going on. The two <laughs> the two premiers were like this one up in Queensland shut the borders and was like we're COVID free, so you guys can go and get fucked. Like <laughs> in New South Wales, we've got heaps of COVID. They're like, well, we're not letting New South Wales people in. That's just it. It was like it was like Mexico. And, and and USA, <laughs> it was like you guys are not coming in. You guys are yeah. over. You're not coming in here. So like, I was, and that was like where the you know the interesting like we were doing a lot of like we were basically bootlegging gear over the border like to to send like would you know get people meet them at the border, give them all their gym gear, and then they would just head off. Like it was wild. Like the stuff that we we were getting up to like through COVID is you know it it it'll it would just spin everyone out. Um, but, um, yeah, through, um, yeah, through that, like, I was just, I, I, I really wanted to find something that was, you know, small and that could do that. And then I just started designing the first bar that I actually made was the Nordic bar because I thought the road bench is huge and all that. And I was like, I wonder if I can make that better and easier. And I started off and I had a single clamping mechanism, um, for it, but, and we launched it with the single, but what we found was when, like, when we started getting some bigger people on it and stuff like that, the single pivot point would actually rock a little bit, and then it was, it was like, it wasn't actually, stable, yeah. It, it, it would still be stable, but like people's legs were more dominant than each other, and, and it really showed. Like, if you had a dominant left leg, you could see the bar slightly turn ah, to the left, okay, and, 
And that's why we and that's why we ended up with the double because we were like, oh well, that actually, you know, if you've got an imbalance and you know, it's, I, you know, as a perfectionist as well, I'm like, hang on, now we got to change. My favorite, my favorite line in software for like tech guys is with enough eyes on your product all bugs in the software are shallow. You can see all the bugs. And for yeah, you guys, yeah. you're going to need thousands and thousands of reps by your customers in order before you ever figure out that there's a bug in the thing, or there's a certain kind of customer that this happens with. And that's just one of those like, Correct. well, we're getting it out there. And we all know version one, won't be as good as version two, but I need version one to get out there at mass, like a lot of people to have it before I fucking know what to do with version two. And that's, and that was honestly the best thing about social media. Like we, like we found out like a lot of these things, like people came back to us and give us so much feedback, which was good, like good feedback as well. Like some people, obviously there's some dickheads out there that, you know, like carry on, but for the most part, like we, we wanted people to like be the, like be the foundation, like our customers to be the foundation of our, you know, our journey. And so for, for even now, like if someone's got like the old tip bars or the Nordic bars or something like that, and then they come to us and they're like, hey, we've got the version one, like nine times out of 10, like we'll either, we'll either give them like a massive discount or we'll like give them one for free or like sure. depending on like the situation to that. Just because like we're like, well, thank you for actually, you know, supporting us at, on day one. Yeah. One of the guys who's uh, a, a big, um, Tim, um, he's got TD Athletics. Do you know um, Tim in Boston? Tim with TD Athletics? No. He's, um, oh, he was one of the basketball coaches like at the Lakers and stuff like that. Anyway, okay. I got in touch with him and I, I actually tried to pitch him on Instagram. And then he hit me back with like, oh, I've got your gear. I've had it since day one. And he, he, would, he was one of the first guys to buy our tip bar when it was the most basic like shitty thing you've ever seen yeah. in your life. Like now in comparison, like you put those two next to each other and you're like, how did you actually send this out to the world? And then like you look at the ones now and you're like, you know, they don't even look like they're even in, they're made by the same manufacturer, you know? Yeah. And uh, when he sent me that, he goes, oh no, we use it. We still use it every day. And I was like, wow. Like, and, and I sent him a bunch of gear because he's got like, he works with a lot of professional athletes and stuff like that. Yep. But I was like, thank you for like, you know, being one of the first to actually support us. And I was one of the guys that was like trying to pitch him to be like, Hey, I'd love you to promote my gear. And he'd come back to me like, Oh, I've already got it. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's, that's, that's cool. And we've yeah. had so many that like, pinch me moments, like, like so many. How walk me through that. So I know you guys have an affiliate program, like a lot of companies do, but with the rise of like, again, like I like we'll use Ben Patrick, you know, Marcus Philly, like these brands, these guys who've created great online followings, like you said, you were working with Ben Patrick before he was on Rogan, right? Before he got super popular. How did that connection start? Was he like, and when he reaches out to you, he's not that big of a deal yet. But at this point, you're like, dude, I'll fuck with anybody who's fucking with my, if you mess with my stuff, I'm all for it. How did that relationship start? One of the, well, well through um, a guy that I used to do work with, um, he was sort of a bit of a previous mentor of mine, Keegan Smith. Um, so he, he had a company called the real movement project and it was like a coach, uh, a coaching platform where he coached coaches. Um, and so through that, um, he, he was one of the, like, I would say the early adopters of who Ben Patrick was going to be. And he was one of the biggest, he was like, keep an eye on this guy because he's going to be huge. Like he, he called it early. Um, and, from there, then they started talking, I think, on YouTube or social media or whatever it was. And then and then Keegan had introduced me to Ben and then we had, like, spoke on social media and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and then when, like, when Ben started, like, really blowing up, like, I was already doing Ben, like, I was already doing ATG, like, I was doing ATG early because like, before he'd sort of done the online platforms and stuff like that, Keegan was already coaching atg stuff to his uh, to his real movement guys um yeah. so we were already aware of like the knees over toes style of training that he was now coaching and then when like the covid like when covid happened and he pivoted online um we, we, like it was just like a social media you know friendship you know so for a, for a long time it was just like a social media friendship and then um I had sent him, you know, and he would he would like comment on our our you know our posts and stuff like that before we started to get international shipping and that sort of thing. Anyway, 
I'd sent him the Nordic bar and I said, hey, I've got something that I really think you'd enjoy. Like, I'd love for you to test it out, blah, blah, blah. And the first one I sent to him, I sent it to him and it was like two weeks later and I'm like, does this dude like flag me? Maybe he hates it. And then I was like, have you got this? And he goes, no, I'll have a look. And then he, like another week went by and I was like, I was actually getting, like, I was actually pissed. I was like, fuck this guy. Like, I can't believe he's happy. Like, it, at, at this stage, at this stage, it cost me like 200 bucks to send this bar over to him. And at that stage, that was a bit of money to me, you know? Sure. And, uh, and, then, and then he went back and then I was like, hey, mate, did you get it? And then he goes, oh, maybe it was in the pack. He had a whole heap of packages that were stolen from the front of his house at this stage. And like one of them, and our bar was one of them, like one of them. Oh, and wow. so I was like, all right, well, I'll send you another one. So I sent him another one and then he was like, this is awesome. Like, um, I absolutely love this thing. You know, I think this thing's going to be huge. Um, he started promoting it on his socials and stuff like that. Um, started doing some videos with it, which was, which was really good. We were getting, a, we were getting some good traction out of it. Um, and at that stage, like he, you know, he wanted no money or anything like that. This was just like, a, you know, he's a, he's, he's a kind guy in that regard. Like he, he was more than happy to just like promote without actually getting anything back because he knew for his philosophy for a long time was, you know, if if he's promoting brands and getting, you know, his his people that are like what he promotes will positively benefit his or like audience, which will then help his program and you know, so oh, yeah, because really- his program is so unique that yeah. without a tip bar. Without yeah. a slant board and without fucking a Nordic curl, like it's not accessible. Not as many people yeah. could enjoy, could benefit from the program. Correct, and so and that and that and that was where like that was like from there is where the relationship really like our relationship really sort of flourished in that regard was because after um, like after I'd seen him that I I'd asked him like me and him were sort of the concepters of like when the where the tip bar came from. I sent him a message and I was like, you know, like what else do you you know wish that was around and that that like that you know you don't have. And um, so it was like a Hail Mary pass I threw at him, and he was like, if you can make something to train the tips, he said it'll go ballistic. And I was like, all right, tips. I've never really trained tips before. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. okay, and then. I just went in the garage and I just, you know, I played with some designs and stuff like that. It didn't take me long. I used some scrap steel and anyway, I made it and then I sat on the edge of my, um, on the edge of my treadmill and like I just did something. I was like, whoa, you know, like when you first do. Oh yeah, it burns. You're like, holy shit, this burns. It's the cooker. And I was like, and it was just like, I had that light bulb moment where I did when I first started doing slant board squats and like VMO squats and like felt that like, that burn in your thighs where you're like, whoa, like this is a, this is a burn. Like, yeah. you know, it's a cooker. And I felt that with the tips and I was like, I think this is going to be like big. Um, and um, then I, like we played with some design, I made it accessible. So I broke down into two pieces and I sent it to him. And, and then as soon as he got it, used it, sent me a video. He was like, get ready. This is going to change the world. And I was like, okay, we'll see um at that stage we didn't like we didn't know what was going to happen honestly and then um and then it was on the 5th of december that we were like all right bam we're going to launch this thing here's some videos here we go and then on the 5th of december 2020 we launched the tip bar and and it just went viral like, yeah crazy viral um, yeah, I remember. I I remember watching and seeing this thing and being like, "Oh man, this is this is incredible!" Like, yeah. and, and so let's talk about that. So again, you have very humble beginnings, starting the garage kind of scenario. Dece- like December of 2020, when you and Ben have kind of like now the tip bar is kind of the real main thing that's going to be ve- put you guys very much on the map, right? You guys were doing mm-hmm. well with this stuff, but this is going to be the thing that's going to, I mean, the, yeah. the click-through rates and all that that Ben's able to generate and then Rogan talking about it and Marcus right. and everyone else. Where what does that look like in sale? Because I I want to I'm curious about like the sales revenue and the units you're you're doing, but then I'm also curious. Were, were you stress tested? Were you ready for that inflow? Because that's something that can crush a company that oh, if you can't no, we, for order fulfillment we, and everything. I'll give you like so to give you an idea. In, in a, you imagine like a double bay garage, like a like a like a six by four double bay garage. Like sure, two cars can just fit in. 
on the on the right hand side, I had a, there was a guy at this stage when we launched the Tibber. I had four guys working out of a double bay going because we couldn't get real estate. We couldn't find a we we couldn't find real estate anywhere. So we had uh, I had a full time welder, and then had a had a split door, and then had like uh, had like a storage sort of little area at the back here, and then on this side we had like little bit more storage and a box packer and then out, out the front we had like a uh, like a painting booth then my wife had just gotten pregnant but our baby room was the storage room for all the boxes and, and all this our house was a fucking schmozzle like people <laughs> wait what the fuck was that oh, oh your house was a what a schmozzle just Dude, a fucking I, circus i fucking <laughs> love australians i fucking love the way you guys I, I just love the words i just wish i would have spent time like when i could have studied abroad in college and just like inherited just even 20 percent of your language um okay so i mean but so you're there like how many units are you guys moving a month out of that setup well at, at, at this stage when, when it went like we did like um you know, like I'd ordered, I'd ordered say fifty or sixty units um, that we that we we had made and that were ready to send, and then when we launched it, they went within a few days. You know, and then it was like, and and to give you an idea, like we launched this thing in December. It was the stupidest thing we could have ever fucking done. Like we launched it literally when all suppliers and all like you know they're all shut down. It's shut the holidays. Down. Yeah. It's stupid. It was, I couldn't. We like it was the dumbest thing you could. You know, if you and now that looking back, I was like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like we were buying hardware because we couldn't get anything painted. We were buying hardware stores out of spray paint, and we had like I built like monkey bars through. I'll send you some photos of them. Like we like our garage. Like there was monkey bars I built through the whole thing where we would be hanging all the gear to like to let it dry because right. we, there was no paint boots or like no one who could actually do it so we had to do everything ourselves um so like when we were in the garage like we were say doing a like a cup maybe maybe a couple of hundred bars in the first i think we did a couple hundred bars in the first month and then uh that was december through and then we went and then in january they were pretty close to doubling and then in february I woke up on, you know, early Feb, like mid, mid midway through Feb, and then I just walked downstairs to get a um, to like start just doing some emails and stuff like that. And I look at my phone and someone goes, "Bro, you're on Rogan," and I was like, "What?" And and so like me and Ben Patrick had a plan to get like Joe Rogan one. Like we we'd had like a. Funnily enough, I know this sounds like ridiculous and you would think, how the fuck could you even have a plan to get Joe Rogan one? But like we had like one of his good friends, Miriam Nakamoto, who's a um, like seven-time kickbox world champ. We had sent her one because she was doing Ben's program and her knees were jacked. And like she got on the tip bar and she'd had like a locked knee for like five years or something like that. And she done, she done a post on Instagram of like her like crying, being like using the tip bar going, like I don't know what this thing is, but like this is the first time my knees unlocked in like five years, bro. Oh wow! And so then, like that must have got his attention. But anyway, I went downstairs. I'm like, what? And that was the first time we'd been featured on Rogan, and that was when Ben got his first like proper big plug on there. And then from there, things just went fucking out of control. Like we, like, like we just got it we just got approved for a space and the, the one that we're in like the 300 squares that we're in now um that's meters by the way not feet um but we had we were waiting to get in there but the orders like we just opened the orders up because we we're like fuck it like let them come and we'll just deal with the with with what's coming because we wanted to be able to you know again bootstrap the like the 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 build of everything. Yeah, you couldn't turn the faucet off because that money coming in, especially you're probably having to put a security deposit down on this nine thousand square foot. Stuff. You know, for in square yeah. feet, we're talking like nine thousand yeah, square yeah, feet. Yeah. You got to obviously yeah. have new CNC machines. You've got to have all kinds of shit to outfit it. Did you take out a loan to outfit this location? No, no, no. We didn't at, at that stage. Like we didn't have to. Like we like, but the but the, the you know the problem with that, which was which was fine because our customers were you know like I say. 
I can't thank our customers enough for what they, the, the, the patience and stuff like that. But we got out to two and a half months waiting period to get gear. Like it, it, it went like, like way longer we than what from, you wanted, yeah. but, but it was a necessary, it was a necessary logistic. And we had like, we just had, like, we were very, like, we were out, like our customer service at that point, And it's still like now, like it's, you know, paramount for us, but we wanted to make sure that like everyone knew that like, you know, you may be waiting a little bit longer, but here's our journey. Like we would let people know, like, look, we've gone from here to here, give them a little spiel on like what we're doing. And people would come back and go, fuck yeah. Okay. I'll wait. You know, it's, it's so crazy. So I love, I like to study Kickstarter, like in the brands that do well with Kickstarter and yeah, the ones that do yeah, the yeah. best are the ones that are transparent that literally go to China or wherever they're getting the shit made. And are like, listen, the reason your shit's going to take an extra six months, look at this. And they, they go to the warehouse where everything's a fucking disaster or yeah. we change the prototype at the last minute. And the, the yeah. companies that are super transparent with the customer, they will because and also, you couldn't have picked a better time to have flexible customers. Customers were the most flexible during COVID because oh. of because of the understanding. Even people who don't even understand what supply chain is, I would have like my mom be like, "Oh, the supply chain." I'm like, "You, but you don't even fucking know what supply <laughs> chain is, Susan. Shut the fuck up." But even her, she'd be like, "Oh, my uh, my Postmates order took longer." I'm like, "That had nothing to do with the supply chain. Like the yeah, pizza yeah, I ordered yeah, took yeah. longer." I'm like, "Whatever." But yeah, customers, yeah, yeah. customers were just way more I flexible. Yeah, they got it. And that was the thing. And that was like, and, and, and we just had the, there was just so many, like, there were so many, like, great, great, you know, things that lined up. Like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't have planned a pandemic any better for, like, what, what happened to us. You know what I mean? And, and if it wasn't for that, like, we wouldn't, have, like, there wouldn't, like, I'm telling you right now, if there was, if there was no pandemic, there would be no us. Like, like, when, like, right before COVID hit, was right before like when I started the hobby business and stuff like that. And it didn't, and I thought, well, maybe the big guys have got this sewed up. You know what I mean? Like maybe there is no, like, like the rogues and the, and the alpha fits and the verbs and all these guys, maybe they just own the market. And there's just like, there's no, like, there's no room for a little guy. And so I tried to sell all my gear, but I still couldn't even sell it. Like I didn't have a lot, but like I had a, like a lot from previous like fab businesses and stuff like that. And I still couldn't even really sell it. But it was just right place, right time. Honestly, like I, I had the gear there, um, and, and and when COVID hit, like it just went like ballistic. But um, but yeah, like once we like once we had moved, like once we got the first shout out on road, that also allowed us like with the capital that was you know put in for the gear and stuff like that, that allowed us to start like really innovating our gear as well. Like that, you know that 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 influx in orders were like, okay, yeah, now let's look at different processes. Let's look at this. Let's look at this, you know, like let's make everything better rather than just being like, okay, cool. Let's just keep pumping this same product out. I've always, always like in the forefront of my mind, wanted everything to be as premium as possible. And, and, you know, for, for being able to like have some, have the stuff that firstly, it can be universal, so it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, whatever whatever gear you've got, like you can use our gear yeah. on your gear. Um, and then finding niche things because a lot of the I think for 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 me, finding the things that are the niche imbalance things and making them easy and cool, I suppose, um, is gonna benefit like the world in such a such a positive way. Like, you know, the, the problem with you know, a lot of my friends that have been professional athletes and stuff like that, you know, the, the problems that they're having are, you know, hamstring tears or they're, or they're like, or they're doing their backs or they're, you know, like a, like one of the guys who's a um, ex Brisbane Broncos player, like, you know, he's one of the most sort of the new age famous rugby league players in Australia. He went through his whole career with calf tears and his, and the, and the SSC coaches and, they they would put him they put him in like um, they put him in orthotics and they what they did they didn't know anything about tips and he and it was one of the guys from another club that had come to his club that we'd sent a tip bar to was using it at the Broncos oh, and then wow. he was like oh what's that thing yeah he goes, what's that thing he goes oh use it and then he said within like a few sets it was like a light bulb went off and he said and he goes this is the, this is it this is the problem like why hasn't anyone ever told me this. And he came in the other day, there's a post on Instagram about it on Alec Glenn. And he was like, 
literally this thing saved my career. He goes, and he's the captain of the Brisbane Broncos, like probably the most prolific rugby league team in Australia. And he was like, I can't believe no one ever knew or told me about this thing. He goes, if I had this later in my career, earlier in my career, he goes, I would still be playing now. He goes, yeah. but, you know, and that, and that's the thing that like, you know, for the small accessory things, like a lot of people, you know, ask the questions about that, about, um, you know, why, why the small things, why the accessory, but that, you know, having the small things and having the accessory things, you know, are the, I, I find the most important things. Yeah. And so two things I want to make sure we jam on because my business brain goes to, okay, you, you've found like rogue was so big. They didn't think to like, they, this was too niche for them at the time, but they obviously can look at you and look at Ben Patrick and whatever and be like, okay, guys flip on those CNC machines, fucking copy this design do it now immediately because i mean i i've seen i've seen rogue advertise their tip bar i've seen them advertise their metal fucking diamond plate fucking um slant board i've seen them do that which again that's business right so for you guys how do you think of like how do you still stay so relevant because a lot of times and if we were talking with regular business guys they might look at what you're doing with hg performance now and saying yeah but it's just a matter of time before the bigger pockets and the faster shipping and the this and the that can do what you're doing, but at a fraction of the cost because they buy, like we were talking about, they buy all, they, like they have all that shit in house. Rogue can make it maybe for cheaper than you guys. How do you think of that from a business perspective and combating that? Yeah, like for me, I, like for me, like firstly, like like I, I trust me, I've I've danced with the devil and thought to myself, I could sell out and sell out and, you know, just go to go to China and get everything made for a fraction of the cost. But for me, I'm a, I'm a very proud Australian, like, manufacturer. Like, like, I know that what we produce over here and, like, the work ethic and the people that we do and the quality that we do is world class, just like American made. You know what I mean? Like, you go to, you go to the Rogues and you go to the Sorenex, it's like the people who are American made gear, and they're, they're they are a cut above the rest. Do you know what I mean? And they yep. get, like the the you know the New York Jets or you know the LA Clippers or you know they 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 don't go and look for the cheapest gear and sure and correct invest yeah. in that. For me, that's that's my mentality with it. Like I, I I want the masses. Trust me, but I also want the glory with like saying that you know we are this small little garage brand. That is now, and now we are in, you know, probably 15 different NFL teams, you know, probably that amount of, you know, we're in every major organization in the world now. And what is, for, re- um, would you mind sharing, what is revenue, like, what do you guys do in revenue per month? Are you, are you, can you share that? Like, what is a company well, like yours? And again, in any way, shape or form you want to well, share? We've done like, like, to give you an idea, like in both, both years, we've done like, like over, over two, over $2 million a year for the last two years. Okay. I mean, so you know, like, yeah, it's it's been it's, it's been, significant. It's been, yeah, you know, no. it's, been, it's been good. Like, and that's mind you, that's from that's from having zero. That's from this from garage, zero. from zero to like here we are today. Do you find so typically when we have like these what I call a hockey stick, you know, company yeah. brand like yours, right, where we go from yeah. zero to fucking one hundred? Yeah, um, revenue spikes. You might see someone doing two, three, four, five uh, margins aren't always great because you started so humbly with no resources. You've got to spend mm-hmm. so much of your fucking revenue that you make mm-hmm. just getting the basic resources, the systems, the staff, the building, get a lease, all that. And then mm-hmm. you kind of hit a level of, you know, from infancy stage, I see we wa- I watch businesses then go to sophistication and that's where like, okay, now we're doing everything smarter. It cost us, you know, you know, 80 units, $80 to make this piece, this equipment. Now it costs us 32 because we do it smarter. We're able to buy yeah. more at once, all that shit. Sure. Are you, are you finding yourself, your yeah. margins improving now that you've Massively. spent a lot? Okay. Massively. Like, and, and, and we've been doing things like smarter for, for, for a long time. And like the manufacturing side of things and like the, you know, the design and all that sort of stuff. That's my jam. The thing that was the trickiest part and, and, and the thing that like for, you know, the people out there that are starting a business was the backend side of things, the financial side, the, 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 um, the lawyers, the fucking accountants, the, all the, all the backend side of things 
that you don't really think of the protection, the, you know, all these, all these, you know, staffing, all that sort of shit. That was the thing that was, was say that we didn't do smart at the start, you know, like we could have been smarter with that side of thing. But now like we're at this stage where, you know, we've built a really solid foundation. We now have a great support staff in regards to like, you know, like a good accountant makes life so SBS, much easier. Yes, it does. We've got, we've got like, we, we now found such a good accountant that we now use them as a virtual CFO, you know, like we, we, we now outsource that side of things to, to everyone and then we just get the advice and then we implement now. And that's, you know, that's been something that was, you know, absolutely, you know, pivotal in our whole existence was, was doing that. But now, like in, in regards to the hockey stick effect, we, we were going so fast and growing so big and so quickly that it, it was detrimental in a way because like we, you know, we didn't plan for any dips or flatten outs or, you know, COVID to stop, like not that COVID stop did that much to us, but like we were investing so much money into stock and so much money into staffing. We were, we're like, we were just spending stupid money for stupid things. Like I wish at the start, like I wish earlier on was when I got the virtual CFO on that could, that could monitor the, the money that was going in and out, where we were spending things, how we were spending things, like just being smarter with money. If we would have been smarter with money and maybe making a few different moves earlier, like we could be double the company that we are now, but that's good in hindsight. Sure. You know what I mean? It's always good in hindsight. But at the time, you don't think like that. You're just you're just in the zone and you're just like, like you're yeah. just smashing gear wherever you can. You're just doing as much work as possible. But you know, that was that that was one thing that you know I wouldn't say could have brought us down, but if we weren't smart, it could have. You know, like if yep. we weren't you know, really onto it and we didn't like we didn't have the right advisors around us at that time, like it could have got to the point where maybe we kept buying too much stock or we invested too much time here and there. And then we would have been like, Oh fuck, we're in a big hole here. Like we need to get out. And it's not, and it's not a knock on the accomplishment at all. There's, there's a lot of product based companies that can do two, $4 million in the first couple of years and have, and have a, yeah. and do, and just take yeah. off. But that's yeah. generating that kind of revenue honestly isn't as unique as sustaining that kind of revenue yeah. and being smart about it and still seeing a nice linear increase Correct. in the whole thing. And, and so when I thought about, you know, I was sitting here getting ready for this podcast. I was thinking, I was like, man, if I'm them, you know, I wanted to ask that first question about like, what would you do with the bigger players and all that stuff? But also the thing I think that's also interesting for you because you've solidified yourself. You've kind of got this graduating class of Anchor and Slamboard guy and Animal House in the monkey foot and you guys, these, the Ben Patricks of the world, and there will be other Ben Patricks. There'll be other Marcus Phillies, but like these got Landmine University, like these guys that are doing unique training styles that are so niche they have current existing problems. Like one of the things I was literally, I was like, dude, I'm gonna get this guy on the podcast and I'm gonna talk to Michael about this because so I'm obsessed with fucking landmine shit. Like I use a Viking, <laughs> I, I use a Viking press all the fucking time. But you know what? The only decent brand I could find is I don't even know this one, but some shitty one on fucking Amazon that I got for like $34, but it kind of sucks. Got, and then there's one of them coming out. Yeah. And, but, and then like, and then, but then also like using the landmine, if I want to do anything close grip, I got to grab it like a fucking idiot one over top. I need something close for this, like inner chest kind of pressing motion or, or something where I can grab it with one hand where I'm not grabbing the collar. There's just so many opportunities I feel in these niche training styles that haven't gotten a lot of love, but I believe now with this, the example that Ben Patrick has said and Philly and all those guys, more people are going to start doing these unique niche styles of training. Like I look at guys like Mark Bell and people that are inventors by trade, but like to fuck around with different stuff. And it's just mm. super cool to watch these. Well, he's, you know, got, a, these he's got a bunch of our gear, you know, like oh, yeah. we've, 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 we've set a super training gym, like, like a bunch of gear, you know, he uses it. Same with the slant boards. Like he uses like, mo like all like, it, it would spin you out. Like most people that you would like, you would know would probably have our gear, which is which is the funniest part about how 
like our business is built, like we've exploded into the States, but yet still haven't really, like I would send 70% of my gear to the States really? alone. I, I said, and then probably 20% here to Australia and then maybe 20, 20 to like, maybe it might be 70, 65, 70, but like the split between Australia and the rest of the world is nearly even. You know what I mean? Like I send, we send like shit loads of gear to like Kuwait and like places like that, like, you know, random places that you're like, who the fuck is buying gear there? You know, yeah. like, and buying it often, you know what I mean? Like they'd buy it often gear. And like, your shipping is obviously, I, everything I've ordered from you, I don't think I've ever had to wait a, a period of time in which I thought was, oh, this is kind of excessive. I'm waiting a long time for it. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's here. I mean, considering it's coming from Australia, I've gotten yeah. shit from you guys faster than I've gotten stuff from six States over in the United States. Correct. And that's one thing that we like, honestly, like has been, like for me and Nathan Slamble, right? Like that's one thing that we've always like we like we've anytime we can find like a cheaper or like a different shipper or something. Like we work really like he's like no, let's do it this way, and like or I'll go well, I'm going across this, let's go here. because we we know that the importance of how quick we need to get gear across that like across the pond to you guys, and you know like we've sent gear and it's been. Like it's been in the USA in four days. You know, you could buy something on Amazon and maybe it's there yeah. too. Like yeah. that's from it. That's from the fucking states. You know, yep. like we're sending you literally twenty hours across the world, and we can get it there quicker than some people can get it from America to America. And that's Which like goes- a big thing which, for us i agree and which goes back to what you and me were just talking about earlier eventually other people will come and knock off your product so now what do you have the trade-off of the quality of it so keep the quality high mm. the brand of it just like even the little things like i love the fucking mustache emblem in there which a lot of people wouldn't think is a big idea but it's little like someone who's a brand guy like me a business guy like me i look at little touches like that i'm like well fucking done bravo but it's going to be your customer service it's going to be the boutique machine shop, you know, equipment Mm. shop that people trust. And as long as you can keep that experience ultra, you know, well taking care of the customer, that'll be one of your competitive advantage versus these juggernauts like a rogue fitness. And, and, and we will like, we will have a warehouse in the States pretty soon. Like that's, that's our move, you know, like our move is to like Nathan, the sample guy, like he's just getting a warehouse in the States. Like both of us are like, both of us will be in the States very soon. Like we're, we're kind of like, we've just been like being smart about how we grow. Like we like, you know, we could, like could have been over there a bit earlier, but it probably wouldn't have been the right time to do it. But like we're this close to being, you know, we're going to start manufacturing in the, in the States as well. Like what state, we, when we, you look strategically, when you look at taxes and tear and all that, what States or where would you want to be in the United he, States? I, I think he's got his warehouse in uh, Tennessee, I believe. I think okay. that's where he's looking at getting one. Um, so from that point of view, like he's done a lot more research into it. Like I'll, 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 like I'll more than likely swing off his tail when when he's doing it because you know he's got some good advisors who are like international expansion advisors and stuff like that. And that's you know both of us work really really well. Like we're you know say we catch up with each other. We play golf nearly every week and stuff like that. Like we um, we're really close. But yeah, he'll he's you know sort of geared up ready to go in that sense whereas like i've i've been building things a little bit differently um but you know like that's um you know that's 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 what we will eventually do but we've had like we've got fucking competitors coming out of ass now like we've got all these all these random people that have have sent gear to say china and are getting things mass produced and bringing them over and selling for a fraction of the cost like like we like we had this like I've been having this debate with a guy on one of my social media posts over the last couple of days, and he was spraying us about being too expensive, and I was trying to explain to him why, and he's like, yeah, but it does the same movement, and I was like, yeah, it does do the same movement, but it's not like that doesn't give the Chinese company the right to like, but that I can't charge more because it costs me more money, and he goes, sure. yeah, but it's the same movement, and I honestly like if it wasn't my like professional page. I'll be like, are you fucking serious? Can you just wake <laughs> up and get off my page? Bro, you just got to take a page out of my book and just tell me, eat a dick on your page anyway. Oh, just like, own it. Like, and, I, and like Benny, like, and then Benny, my, like my, um, my media guy, he got on there and he, like, and broke it down and explained it. And he's like, oh, cool. The sales guy's coming in now. And I was like, are you fucking like looking at what you're writing? Yeah. But, but, but that's, you just, two, that's just, it becomes that's just, status. That's just what some people are like, you know, and it's oh. unfortunate. You again, you want 
the HGG, that emblem, that logo to be the equivalent of what Lululemon did with the bags. Lululemon started, you know, when you go in there, you get one of those yeah. old totes and women, men alike, they don't throw them away. It's a status symbol. Like girls will take those old totes to the grocery store or put their gym clothes in. And it shows I can afford a $170 fucking pair of leggings. And that's that- what I, I, I did the same. Like when Katie was designing, like my wife was designing a brand and stuff like that. Like the mustache was like a little bit of a joke because I was like, because I've like always like had one and stuff like that. And and like, as we were doing it, we were like the home gym guy. Well, if you put a mustache in it, he seems like a friendly guy. He's a friendly guy. guy or he's a porn star from the seventies. He's one of the yeah, two. <laughs> like what sort of equipment's he got? You know, like, um, oh, he's got these big black hard, you know, metal <laughs> rock. Like, well, yeah, I guess I'd buy one. So like when, when I was doing it, I was like, Imagine if we could make the mustache like the night tick, you know? It was like a joke. Like, yeah. oh, let's make it. And now I've got like a, a, a fucking five meter mustache on the side of my building now. Like, it's like a giant mustache on the side of our building. It's a big mustache HQ on it. That's and, right. um, and, now it's, and now it's everywhere. And now it's like, it's funnily enough, like, a, a, you know, what started as a joke is now actually like a, a proper symbol. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It's crazy. I agree. It brand, it brand, so branding is one of those things. Every brand is kind of, at first, it's kind of like, this doesn't make any sense. Google, what the fuck's a Google? It's it, a brand yeah. logo, a mark. It doesn't mean shit until you put some purpose behind it and a reputation. You do it consistently over a period of time. And then that brand actually means something. But at first pencil, people look at it like, oh, it's mustache. This is kind of a stupid fucking idea. What are we putting this cock duster on our fucking equipment for, right? Like, no, yeah. this is good. We, if I do something consistently, really 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 well this mustache becomes elevated becomes more it's not a mustache anymore it's a symbol for quality a symbol of like i relate to these guys i don't feel like it's a stuffy company right it doesn't feel like overly yeah. corporate all that good shit and that's what we sort of wanted to do and it, and it was funny because like when we when we um like at this stage when we started the business like i know i honestly didn't know anything about that sirenx brand Okay. And then I had like, it was only a few weeks ago, um, Isaac must, because Isaac and Sorenax, like Anchor and Sorenax have got a synergy now and they're working together. And it was one of the sales guys from Sorenax sent me a message and, and he like must've gone on because you know how they've got the mustache. Yeah. And um, he wrote, he sent me a private message, one of the guys. And he was like, oh, that looks like a, like a, I don't know whether he, he was like, I don't know if he was coming with a bit of malice, or, but he was trying to like, you know, try to stand over it or whatever. And he said something about, oh, that looks like a giant Sirenex mustache wannabe or something like that. And I just said, I, I just responded back. Like I looked at it, I laughed. And I'm like, firstly, first thought I was like, you can see me now. And yeah. then secondly, I was like, I just responded back with like, dude, you guys have an unbelievable brand. You know, like before I'd started HGG, I didn't know who you were. I didn't even know you guys had a mustache. But the fact that you guys do, I was like, that's fucking cool. I was like, Obviously, we're not a competitor of yours. Like, you guys are, you know, so big that it's like, it's stupid. And I was like, we just like, we just dabble in the in the accessories. Like, hopefully we can work together at some point. Yeah. And then he come back and like, oh, no, all good, bro. Like, bro. So it, was, so it worked out like he was, he was sweet once we, you know, once we, um, like, I think, I don't know whether he was expecting me to bite or what, but then he was like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just one of the sales guys at Siren and sales That's good. That, that makes me happy to hear that some of the bigger, you know, longer term players in the, are welcoming this new grade, this new class of inventors, of product design, of, you know, of entrepreneurs into this space because a lot of industries like fit like this. You know, for a while, it was, you know, Rogue and again, Faster. And like you said, Alpha Fit, like it, there's, there's, you know, the conglomerate, the big, you know, four or five and that's just like it makes this kind of, you know, ecosystem where like it doesn't allow anyone else to come in. And guys like you and, and the other people we've mentioned have just found your niche in that's established you and you get respect from that senior class. And they mm. look at that. And and, I, and I'm just I'm hopeful that the, the that business relationship can be synergistic. I'm a huge fan of, you know, colleagues over competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Competing with each other constantly, it, it it distracts you from your mission. You start making and doing things you otherwise wouldn't do just because you want to stick it to the other guy. It's just bad yeah. for business in general. It's bad for business. I don't. I, I and I genuinely like like when I go on like the Sirenx websites or I go on the Alpha Fit websites and I'm like looking at different things. Like I I recommend these like these brands 
straight away. If, I, if, yeah. if someone comes to me and asks for things, I'm like, oh, no, like, you know, some people go, oh, I've got this whole, you know, this whole fit out, this commercial fit out with this, this and this. Can you guys do it? And I'm like, well, if you're looking at a performance center, like I would be looking at AlphaFit, you know, I respect, you know, some the, the big brands. Like I fanboy on these on these big brands because they've just done so well. And then yeah. when you look at their gear and you can't compete with these big boys when, when we're on my level, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, it costs a fucking lot of money to try and compete with these big boys. I don't really like I, I don't really want to go and try and get a fucking five, you know, hundred million dollar like bank loan out to try to compete in a in a bloody sport, you know? Yeah. I've, we've we've got our section. And we're like, okay, well, we can keep building on this and then maybe team up with these guys. And um, I think that's like, I think that's one thing that um, that Isaac's done really well is he's designed such a, and that anchor machine, like anytime oh. someone comes into my warehouse and comes down to the, the thing, like we, we, we now take that with us to like anywhere. We take it down, like we were at the Queensland Academy of Fitness the other day, like, that with all the staff and promoting our gear, but we took the ankle machine because we were like, it's the fucking best. It's, and awesome. we it's help, incredible. We want to help them get into Australia much more because they build, but they were like, can we get like one of those? Like, how do we get one? And they were yeah. like, we're like, oh, they're in Boston, but I'm sure they'll send one over, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, so we, you know, we're the biggest, we're the biggest supporters of that. But like what they've been able to do with, you know, teaming up with Sorenex fuck like that's that's life you know what yep. i mean if you can if you can if you can build a good relationship with some of these big boys then they don't then they don't see you as a competitor because they can see you know what you want to do and, and everyone doesn't have to make everything yeah that's that's my that's my you know philosophy everyone doesn't have to make everything yes. you know if you've made something you know just like everyone probably doesn't need their own lawnmower you know what i mean like then then there's no lawnmowers yeah. You know, there's no more there's no more lawn companies, you know. If everyone's got everything, then no one needs everyone because everyone's just got their own little fucking ecosystem. And and I don't I don't like that. I like I like being able to that's why for all of our gear, we we have local suppliers where we get all of our laser cutting done at one guy, we get our powder coating done at another place, we get you know, all of our um, 3D printed stuff done at another like we get every like a lot of the stuff, we don't have everything in house because you would need such a giant organization to have everything in house. And then you're not really supporting the ecosystem of Australia. And that's, that's the important, one of the important things for me, you know? Yeah, no, man, I get it. I get it. And I, um, I was super pumped uh, when we got connected to, to go ahead and do this and, you know, uh, knowing Isaac and, and, you know, again, I've, yeah, every product and every every one that we mentioned, uh, Monkey Foot and and Slamport Guy, I purchased all of that during the pandemic just because I was just sitting here as a – I've been in the fitness industry since I was 15 years old, 30 – I'll be 37 this year. And just like watching the evolution, I was like, fuck yes, new equipment because that's one of the big things when I work with a gym. Every gym is trying to come up like, well, what's the thing that's going to you know body fit an F45 and how, how am I going to compete with them, right? It's like there's – you know, there's not necessarily new ingredients, right? Like new exercises. Now there are like, mm. there's different styles of them, but it's about coming up with your own recipe. And that's been my yeah. statement forever. However, comma, now because of guys like you, Slantboard, there are now not necessarily completely new ingredients, but very unique, unrepresented, you know, unrepresented, um, non-popular ingredients that these gyms can now put into their fitness programs. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I found CrossFit in 2006, but there's only so many thrusters, wall balls, kipping pull-ups and fucking, you know, burpees you can do in so many different gyms. And then you look at it, you're like, this shit just looks the same at every gym. None of these gyms are fucking unique in their fitness, their unique belief in fitness, as I call it. Yeah. But you know, you start seeing gyms bringing out slam boards, bringing out Anchor, doing some new, unique shit, doing more landmine stuff. Like, and it just starts making things really interesting. And I'm excited to watch gym owners, who's like my primary audience, start looking at the tools that like you're making. Another one be like, how can I make a unique belief in fitness in this? Like, 
Dude, like I was saying, like I fuck with landmine stuff. That's like so much of what I do now. And all, all I'm doing like constantly all day is thinking like what other attachments and single arm attachments and other cool shit can you make for this thing? And it'll just be a matter of time before awesome companies like yours come up with it. I think like and and like my like again, another and like another thought process when I'm when I'm designing gear is like the athlete now is like we've we've now and you know like you could attest to this, but the athlete and the, the training, you know, the, the, the trainer now is a bigger, faster, stronger athlete than ever before now. But yes. they're, they're, they're also weaker in the key areas. You know, hamstrings have probably been the weakest they've ever been ever. You know, tibs and ankles and, and wrists and elbows and shoulders and, you know, these, these accessory points of, 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 you know, and, you know, flexibility, all these things, these little things, but that quads are the biggest I've ever been. Calves are the biggest I've ever been. Oh yeah. Fucking biceps are the biggest I've ever been. Shoulders are the biggest I've ever been, you know, the backs are the weakest I've ever been. You know, there's certain yep. things that are like, and, and I think like what we're trying to do is if we can, if we can make popular the, 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 if you looked at the human body and were like, you put a red and a green dot on like the best that, you know, that, that's ever been and the weakest, a lot of the things that we're trying to do is like, we're trying to hit those red dots and find the, like, find those weak points. And then if we can then have the right people take those things and then integrate them like Ben Patrick has done, like the Landmine Academy, like Landmine University is now doing, like Marcus Billy is doing, yeah. you know, these guys that have aligned with us, like there's no, like it's not like we just stumbled across these, you know, these people we, like I've had, I've had um, Alex Landmine at university on my board inside as like, like my hit list of people. I reckon for seven, eight months now, like, He's just been there. I've just been waiting to have this this landmine designed like exactly how I wanted to do it. And then I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to this guy, and I'll, like I think he's gonna be someone special. And yeah. some, like when I watched him, like he was only at maybe like twelve or thirteen thousand followers when I first seen him. Now he's what like at now forty or fifty thousand or something. He's growing like crazy. Yeah. But, his program, he's so laser focused and he's the person that I want to line up with. Like a Ben Patrick, like a Marcus Billy. They've got their goal. They know where they're going. But if we can integrate good products and then integrate like, you know, things that are going to elevate their, like they're doing, they're always going to have like a barbell and fucking weights and that sort of stuff. But with the landmine, I, I sent him a message the other day and I was watching his videos and I was like, do you ever have problems with like ankle stability? Like, like when you're landmark and you, your ankles are wobbling slightly, I was like, imagine if you start integrating like the tip bars into that. Imagine how from the ground up, how much stronger sure. someone with a landmine is going to be if they're like, they're front, they've got the weight and they've got the strength, but they're also, their they're ankle, to, ankle to foot to floor connection is weak. You can't, you can't throw that up and have a stable ankle. Not at all. Stable leg. No, you know, if you're trying to do that movement. So like, that's, that's the thing for us is like finding the right people. And that's the best fucking part about the internet is finding the right people who are impacting a lot of people through social media. And then, and then trying to swing off their tail a little bit by helping them with better products, you yeah. know, and that, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's, I think the most important and, you know, the best way to build a business, I guess in 2022 is, using other people and helping you know the greater population by the people having the people that like we know that we're a good company we know we make good products we know but like if we can integrate our products with people who are impacting a lot of people you know it's a perfect recipe for success in my opinion Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And I'm excited to watch you guys continue to grow and, and do your thing. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan as a customer, but also as a, as a fellow business owner watching from afar. Um, Michael, listen, uh, if people want to go ahead and they want to, you know, get in, wrap their head around with the new shit you guys got coming out, your products, all that, where can they go? So hgdperformance.com is our website. Um, we put heaps of shit on our, in, in our Instagram. It's just hgdperformance. There's all sorts of um, different bits and pieces we put on there, like tutorials and new products and, you know, joking shit that people find funny now. Um, and then we do 
for YouTube as well, HGD Performance. If you just type HGD Performance in, we're on pretty well all platforms now. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's cool, man. And I, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for you know getting us on um, here because you know you guys have such an amazing you know podcast itself and a great reach and the fact that you did like a podcast this week with Marcus Billy and then now we're on it. It's like one of those like I was saying to my wife last night when we were sitting in bed, I was like. I can't believe I'm on a podcast tomorrow with a guy who did podcasts with Mark Philly last week and now he wants to do one with me. Like, you know, it's just like, it's a crazy world that like this last two years has been such a, such a wild whirlwind of events that, you know, being on with people like yourself and having like being noticed from like the professionals is, you know, it's a big thing for us. So like, I can't thank you guys enough. I love it. And so one of my uh, very close friend and one of my closest colleagues in the industry, his name is Boris, and he owns Metcon Creative out of Australia, out of Sydney. And it's a brand design shop just for the fitness industry. So me and him get to work on a lot of projects together, working on gyms or online brands. And he has it out. He has a segment on my podcast. We get together once a month and I've been talking to him like, I don't want to be on a fucking plane for 18 hours, but I would be on a plane for 18 hours to come out and fuck around in Australia for like, you know, a couple of weeks and that kind of stuff. So if I, if I end up making that trip, man, I will make sure to hit you up and uh, I'd well, love to come down and check it be, out. You can come and get in person. In the, there we in go. The yeah. We'll do an in-person one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Michael, man, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Drew. It was absolutely fantastic. Awesome.